2: It's a fantastic business, and uh, obviously, it's, I'm very sad that it's gone into receivership. 1,200 1, workers have lost 1, their job.
1: Balmainer company Wright Boss collapsed in 2019. Now, the Department for the Economy is taking a civil action against 14 people over alleged unfit conduct as directors. It could mean Jeff Wright and two of his siblings being banned as company directors.
2: I understand there were also problems to do with the management of the, com- of the company. A particular problem that. Uh, that came up to do with the ownership of the land.
1: And in yet another twist, Green Pastures, the evangelical megachurch founded by Jeff Wright, is being taken to court by the administrators of the bus company.
2: But I refuse to publicly
0: jeopardise the delicate nature of those ongoing talks and negotiations
1: that could destroy the last chances of saving the workforce, the staff and Green... In this episode of The Belltel, we look at the latest in the RightBus saga and what's going on at Green Pastures. I'm joined by our business editor, Margaret Canning, and by reporter Andrew Madden. Very welcome to The Belltel once again. Thank you. Thank you. Margaret, so what's the latest on RightBus? Well,
0: the company as it is today is going from strength to strength, the original Wrightbus business went into administration and collapsed three years ago, but it was subsequently bought over by an English industrialist called Joe Bamford. He set up a new business called Bamford Bus Company as a vehicle, pardon the pun, to buy Wrightbus. However, the insolvency and administration process regarding the old Wrightbus continues, even though The business is thriving under a new guise. We discovered about two weeks ago that Jeff Wright was being disqualified potentially as a director over his conduct as a director of Wrightbus in the period leading up to its insolvency. Jeff Wright was no longer a registered director at that point and hadn't been for about five years. But you can be regarded as a shadow director of a company if your conduct is deemed to be amounting to how a director would be behaving, even if you're not technically a director anymore. But things took on a new relevance when we found out that, in total, there are fourteen directors, including Jeff, who are facing disqualification over those events leading up to the insolvency. That's an unprecedented number of directors to be involved in a legal action of that kind up until the right bus case, there had only ever been a maximum of 12 directors facing disqualification and that was in the case of the Northern Ireland Events Company, which was set up to bring big high, pro, high profile events to Stormont, such as a big Elton John concert. And that was the biggest number of directors facing disqualification before and now RightBus Bus has broken that record.
1: Who is Jeff Wright, Andrew?
2: Well, Jeff Wright is one of uh, Sir William Wright's three children. He's the founder of WrightBus, Sir William Wright. Um, and At one stage, um, in his younger years, he worked in the WrightBus factory, um, and then he later became um, a director of the company. Um, As Margaret says, he wasn't a director for the previous five years uh, prior to um, WrightBus going into administration, Um, but he's perhaps slightly more well known as the lead pastor and founder of the Green Pastures mega church in Bellingham. And
1: we'll talk about that a little later of course because we have talked about that on the bell tale before and I know the public are very interested in, in, in the church itself. So I we mentioned there um the large number of people, Margaret, involved in this action. You mean what alleged behaviour could lead to the uh, the department taking this this action? Is it is it related to the insolvency? It is
0: linked to the insolvency in the eyes of the Department for the Economy's Insolvency Service, which looks at events leading up to company insolvencies. So it's conduct that isn't criminal and it's important to stress that directors' disqualification actions are conducted in the civil courts. There's no allegation of breaking any laws, but it is a possible finding that directors have breached their fiduciary duties. If you're a company director, there's a very high standard of behaviour expected of you because companies have limited liability status, which means that if they go under, a director isn't personally liable for the debts of the company. So that limited liability status is a privilege. So that means that a very high standard of behaviour is expected of a director. So... A director's disqualification is referred to as a boardroom ban and things that could lead to director's disqualification include continuing to trade to the detriment of creditors at a time when your company is insolvent, failing to keep proper accounting records, failing to prepare and file accounts or make returns to the company's registry, failing to put in your tax returns or pay tax or other money that's due to the Crown, and maybe failing to cooperate with the receiver or the insolvency practitioner. So these aren't criminal offences, but they are regarded as a breach of the correct conduct of a director.
1: And when you think of a company the size of Wright Bus, when you think of Boris Johnson visiting, mm-hmm. when you think of the profile that the company had, we're sort of talking about these things that you mentioned. It almost seems like a, makes it seem a little bit of an amateur operation, like a small business that people weren't fit to run. Um, can we say, can, we, can you tell us who the individuals involved are and what relationships perhaps they have with the Wright family?
0: Yes, so three of them are members of the Wright family. They are the children of Sir William. So we've mentioned Jeff Wright, who's 59. There's also his older sister, Amanda Knowles, who's 67. Another sister, Lorraine Rock, who's 64. Then there's Stephen Francie, who's 54. Mark Nodder, who's 66. Mark Johnston, Brian Mebin, Robert Barr, Robert Douglas. Sam McLaren, Damien McGarry Kirsty McBride John McLeister, Lauren Christie and that's our RouteBus14. So three of those people are still directors of the present iteration of the company. So the those three are Damien McGarry, Kirsty McBride and John McLeister but I went to the the new iteration of Ridebus to say, you know, have you any comment? Three of these people facing disqualification are directors of the company as it is today. And they said they didn't have any comment because the events occurred before their. The events leading up to the insolvency took place before they took over the business.
1: But being banned from holding a directorship for those people, would that mean losing your job?
0: Well, you can be banned as a director for a period of between two and fifteen years, depending on the severity of the misconduct that you're found to have, uh, found to be found to have shown in your director's duties. So I don't think they would lose their jobs as such, but they would certainly have to resign as company directors of Bus as it is today.
1: And, you know, I, I'm interested, Margaret, in the background to all of this and how it relates to how the company's doing now, because the company is a successful company and they're making buses and they're making money and they're employing a huge number of people in, in Ballymina. And that's why it's, it's a very important company to mm-hmm, an awful lot mm-hmm. of people. Um, and obviously, the, Joe Bamford took up over the company following the, well, the financial difficulties that Wrightbus in its previous manifestation uh, found itself. Uh, the overall picture, what's the significance of this story?
0: I think it's, it's significant because Wrightbus, whether you're talking about Wrightbus as it is now or Wrightbus as it was a couple of years ago, is a real symbol of Northern Ireland industry because it it was founded by a father and son Robert and William Wright in a shed in Ballymena back in the 1940s and it grew through their diligence and their engineering know-how into a really leading international bus maker which became known for innovations like the uh, the bus which can lower its step so that
1: the kneeling people, bus.
0: The kneeling bus. I was searching for the right term. Thank you. So that people with with prams or people with mobility issues can easily get onto the bus. And then Sir William Wright was ahead of his time in wanting to develop environmentally friendly buses. And that's the area where the company is excelling in at the moment with a whole string of contracts for its battery powered and hydrogen powered buses. And it's, this week announced uh another deal for nearly 40 buses with a bus business in England and not so long ago it also celebrated an 80 million contract with the national transport authority in the republic that could lead to 800 right buses being delivered to the nta in the south over a 5 year period so we see right bus products on the streets of London because it famously won the big route master contract when Boris Johnson was mayor of London. We see right bus vehicles on the roads in the Republic as well as around Northern Ireland because TransLink has awarded them big contracts as well. So it is really a subject of continuing fascination both because of how successful it is now and also because of how catastrophic the events of twenty nineteen were when it went on went out of business and things looked so bleak for the future.
1: And I'm sorry Waves, that, that's come to this but it's happened so suddenly that we didn't know. And we have good orders. We have enough orders to keep us going with thirty thirty fuel cells that I kept us going the right way. Yeah. And I'm sorry any question I would have done. <coughs> I had a job
0: for a while, don't mm-hmm. but we never got a chance. Because at that point, Balamina had also lost big employers like Michelin and JTI Gallagher's. So for Wrightbus to fall as well was so catastrophic. So really the, the director's disqualifications are an outworking of that whole insolvency process. Whatever happens there, it's not going to affect the future of Redbus as it is now. But it's still a subject of enduring fascination: just how it came to go bust, and just how the new ownership has managed to make such an enduring success of it.
1: And one of the fascinating things, I think, for all of us when we talk about Ride Bus is is, the, is is what happens next door, the mega church. The Green Pastures. And, and if anyone who's listening to this podcast has never heard of Green Pastures, they would wonder how is this church, mega church, uh, which is unique in Northern Ireland, how is it possibly connected to a bus manufacturing company? But Andrew, what is Green Pastures?
2: It's um, an evangelical mega church, but it's unlike other churches in Northern Ireland, as you've mentioned. It's more akin to. Mm-hmm. The kind you would see in America, you know, it's the, the congregation would be six, seven hundred people. We go maybe every every Sunday to their services, and they're more like concerts, really. You know, the lead pastor um would have one of those headphone microphones on and be running about the stage, and there'd be lots of um music and whatnot and singing. And it was uh, founded by Jeff Wright back in two thousand and seven. Originally, they their first uh, church site was right next door to the Wright Bus factory. Um, and about five years later, um, they moved to this new site um, on the outskirts of Ballamina. It's a big, huge 97 acre plot of land. It was actually once valued at about 75 million, but it was eventually sold to Green Pastures for a reported 4 million. Now, at the time, Jeff Wright had massive plans for this. Um, he had the project was called uh, The Gateway and essentially what he envisaged was to have the main church building but there would also be residential space, um, a supermarket, amenities, you know, a gym and whatnot. So it would be kind of like its own kind of self-contained town. Um, And as he's pretty much the face of the church and he's the, the lead pastor. Now, when Wright Boss went into administration in 2019, it turned out that... Uh, the company had donated the guts of 15 million over the course of six years um, to the church. Um, you know, and a lot of this would have went towards the construction and the new Gateway project and those kind of things. And obviously, a lot of the employees whose jobs were at risk when they when this came to light were very angry about it, and they you know they raised questions as to. You know why? We're, when we were in financial difficulty, we were giving millions away to a church. Whenever that could have went to, you know, saving jobs or or keeping the company afloat, and there was actually protests um, outside the church at the time um, by some employees whose whose jobs were at risk.
1: That's extraordinary, Margaret. From a business point of view, the
0: donations were entirely legal, so it was understandable that those donations became a lightning rod for people's anger. But they were legal and they met with the perspective of a company which started to feel, to look back in hindsight and think, well, you donated all of this money or your parent company donated all of this money. It did seem imprudent to the employees who had just lost their jobs, but it was legal. So the administrators in their first reports about the failure of the company, talked about how international bus trading problems had contributed to the insolvency, along with the company's failure to find a replacement for that big route contract that they won when Boris Johnson was the mayor of London. So the administrators didn't pinpoint the donations as a, as a reason for the insolvency. But it is something that you would look at and it would feel perhaps inadvisable to spend millions and millions on donations to a church because it doesn't seem like the wisest use of a company's money.
1: In an interview with the Irish Times in 2017, Jeff Wright said, we made God a shareholder in the business. And he wasn't joking because 26% of Wright's was Owned by an evangelical trust, and Jeff writes words to make sure that God was central in everything. Uh, right bus does. Maybe I'm naive, but that seems incredible.
0: It is, and when when the interview was published at the time, it caused a sensation. And a few years later, when Right bus went under it was referred to so often. It was a real coup. Fanola Meredith did that interview at the time and it's been much quoted and we're still quoting it five years on. So it it is incredible that for Jeff Wright as the son of the company founder, he felt that religion was so fundamental to the business. I'm sure on a day-to-day basis, God couldn't be a guiding factor to the extent that he's claiming because the company had been really profitable and really successful and god doesn't god can't build buses he can he can well if you believe in god he
1: I can see the complaints <laughs> coming in you know I, I, this conversation has a, a a turn that i hadn't predicted i think maybe god can make buses but we'll uh-huh. have to disagree on that but but i think that uh oh, <laughs>
2: I'm definitely leaving this. In.
0: <laughs> Maybe I, I don't know how to answer the question.
2: Neither do I. Unadvised <laughs> of my lord.
1: <laughs> but let's 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 turn to green pastures. Then there's yet another twist in this story with regards to the mega and again it drags it back to the to the bus company.
0: It does. It's. Quite a development, quite a twist in the whole tale. We've discovered that Deloitte, the administrators of Routebus as it was, are taking the Green Pastures Church to court. And we we believe it's about the cases about events leading up to the administration and the appointment of Deloitte. Green Pastures hasn't responded directly to a request for comment about what exactly the case entails. But the administrator's duty in any company insolvency is to secure the best possible outcome for creditors. So, in furthering that aim, Deloitte has decided that Green Pastures may have a question to answer about. The administration of Wrightbus, so those court proceedings are going to begin on December the 16th, and there'll be a lot of interest in what exactly is behind the measure that Deloitte is taking.
1: And just Margaret, when we we've discussed about this and we've discussed about this before, and um, Wrightbus made entirely legal donations to um, to green pastures. Deloitte are the administrators of, of Right Bus and they're acting for Right Bus' creditors trying to get as much money back to those creditors as possible. Is it too big of an assumption to make to say that Deloitte think that green pastures, they want to go after that money into green pastures?
0: I think it's much too early to say but given the history that we know about that donations, those legal donations were made by Rightbus, by the Rightbus parent company, into Green Pastures. There is a precedent set for Rightbus money to go into Green Pastures. So I suppose putting two and two together, you would think that Deloitte, as administrators, think that there is money that's gone into Green Pastures that they want to go after.
1: Because earlier this year, the Charity Commission opened an investigation into governance concerns at Green Pastures. Uh, a review of complaints against Jeff Wright was also l- launched. Uh, we've talked about this before in the podcast, and, and he, he he ceased preaching mm-hmm. in, in Green Pastures. Can you take us through a bit of that?
2: Yeah, of course. Um, earlier this year, um, it came out around April, um, that there were some... Behind the scenes, turmoil at Green Pastures. um, Eight members of the executive board, they'd be senior members of the church, resigned, um, citing governance issues and issues with um, Jeff Wright's leadership as the lead pastor of the church. Um, And at the time, an email to church members that we have seen um, by the board said the review that that was going to be launched. Related to alleged behaviours by Pastor Jeff Wright, which have purportedly had a detrimental and significant impact on the mental and spiritual well-being of those staff. So they hired um, a outside company, Trusted HR Limited, um, to carry out a review. And the, the, the board also said that at this stage, they did not believe that the complaints gave rise to moral or financial fail, failures on the part of Pastor Jeff Wright. But they mostly centred around his leadership style. I um, mean he stepped away, he would normally um, lead the services every Sunday and he stepped away quite abruptly when this came out um, I actually went to visit the church at the time on the Sunday and it's a big it's a big site and you, you drive up to it and it leads into this um, huge car park and I was kind of struck by the fact that there wasn't a lot of cars about at the time because generally you look at the webcasts of the previous um, services and there'd be hundreds and hundreds of people there and I went in to inquire, and the service had been mysteriously cancelled, and no reason given. And I had asked about the the recent reports about the um, what was going on at the church, and I was told there was no one no one available to speak, and everyone was very tight lipped about it. And then it emerged that Jeff Wright had actually res- resigned as a director of the church in May, and the Charity Commission also said um, it was looking into governance issues after a concern was raised about the church. And then, if we fast forward to September.
1: Can I just, I don't want to interrupt you, but mm-hmm. but we've talked about the church before. Yeah. But I think it's important to stress, and you can see this if you look at footage of, you know, this is a church which is very important for an awful lot of people and their faith is very genuine and sincere. And there's no question about that whatsoever about those. And there's no question either about uh pastor rights uh, faith either these are these are separate issues if we want to put it like, like that or, or separate as separate like, as they can be, yeah. so I just wanted to stress that because I think it's important that we we acknowledge that,
2: oh of course, I mean, yeah, no green Bastard church would be you know a cornerstone of Balamina. Bellomemina is you was know, a small town, and as I say, for hundreds of people um upwards of maybe six hundred to attend any church service in a small town in Northern Ireland is a big turnout so it certainly meant an awful lot to an awful lot of people and it wasn't just you know the Sunday service they did, they also ran youth groups, they had missions, um, they had classes for children and um, they did a lot of charity work um, and things like that there so of course yeah it was very important to an awful lot of people. Yeah.
0: I spoke to someone in Ballymena one time about green pastures and the hold it has and he said it's like God and glamour. All together, because you you don't just you know shuffle into green pastures with your head bowed like you're going to mass or church in any mainstream religion, but it is a place where you maybe yeah. go to be seen and you're oh, of course.
2: And to, to meet people. And you're in your yeah. your finery and it's, your
0: Sunday best. It's
1: been. Per, it's been. I suppose, compared to going to a rock concert almost, oh, yes. you know, it's yeah. that kind of experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll be the yeah.
2: highlight of the week for a lot of people. And then afterwards, you know, they would meet up, you know, in the grounds of, of the church and join in buildings and have, um you know, talks and there's a cafe and all there and, yeah.
1: But Jeff writes back.
2: He is, yes. Um In September, he made a return uh, to with the service and he was leading the service Essentially, like, nothing happened. He didn't refer at all um, to the past goings-on in the recent months or why he had stepped away or, or what was happening. Um, didn't reference it once during the service. Um, and now he seems to be back leading the church. And in terms of the outcome of the Charity Commission investigation or the internal review, we don't know. Not yet. Not yet.
1: When might we find out?
2: Well, as far as we know, the Charity Commission is still investigating, but these things can take an awful lot of time. But yeah, I would imagine that in the next few months, um, there'll be um, some update on that. And in terms of the review by Trusted HR Limited, that's very much, you know, the church's business, um, whether or not they want to publicize that or, or if someone wants to pass it to someone. Have
1: the crowds, ha- have the, ha- has the congregation attending Green Pastures dropped?
2: No, not at all. It just seems business as usual, and I never had even when when Pastor Jeff Wright uh, wasn't leading the congregation. If you look at uh, the webcast there of their previous um, services when he had stepped away, there were still huge crowds going to it, upwards I'd say of, of six hundred people um, every Sunday. Margaret Canning, Andrew Madden, thank you very much. Thank you.
1: Thank you. This episode of the Bell Tell was produced by myself, Kieran Dunbar. Sound designed by Graham Davidson. The clips were from the BBC and UTV.
0: When you get an Irish Independent digital subscription, you don't just get access to the news at your fingertips. For a limited time, you'll also receive a 75 euro O'Neill's gift card. So what are you waiting for? Get the whole kit and caboodle.
2: Visit independent.ie forward slash subscribe today. Irish Independent.